music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we are actually celebrating the 14th anniversary of The Kelly Alexander Show podcast. So on behalf of my team, thank you so, so much for all of your support throughout these years. It wouldn't be possible without you taking the time to listen to our program each and every week. And speaking of my team, I just want to give them a shout out. All the people who have helped me both past and present throughout these years for keeping the show on the rails. Now this week, we are excited to welcome Juno Award-winning recording artist Rev, who has released her debut album called Saturn Return. And we talk about a lot of things, including the importance of sequencing her new album and why she loves pistachio ice cream. We also dip into our vintage vault and spend some time with Calgary-based R&B artist Justine Tyrell talking about her song Radar and if she thinks she needs to move to the United States to further her singing career. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away, kellyalexandershow.com. We are super excited to welcome to Virgin Radio, the one and only Montreal recording artist, Rev. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am very excited to have you on the show and on the station because we play your songs all the time. So this is good news. Thank you so much. So new album, Saturn Return. Debut album. Yes. And so first of all, have you been able to take in the fact that like you've had forever to work on your debut album and now it's time to go? It really doesn't. It's still surreal. It's, I don't think that I'll ever have this much time to create, you know, my next album because it was done in the middle of the pandemic where everything was a bit slower, Mm -hmm. but it's very surreal that after three years, it's coming out. Are you ready to release the babies into the universe? I think it's time. Okay. It's time. Here's a stupid question for you. Do you have an actual favorite song on the album? That's like, you, like you, we just talked about babies. It's like choosing your favorite child. I know, I know. I mean, all of the songs mean so much to me. I think that I wrote probably over a hundred songs for this project and narrowed it down to 13. So of course, tracks like Control, Alt, Delete and Whitney are on the album uh, that really kickstarted this whole thing. But there's a couple more tracks on the album that, that are a little bit more raw. I have a ballad on the album called Past Life, which is probably my most proud piece of writing, which is just me and the keys. And that's like how I got my legs. I've been crying into my piano since I was six. And so it's kind of an ode to that. And then also Saturn Return because it's a track about coming home to Montreal. Talk to us about how you came up with the idea to name it that and then explain the importance of Montreal because any press and any show prep I've read about before doing this interview talks about how Montreal is so focal to you. So explain that for us. Okay, so let's start with the the title of the track or title of the album, sorry, but there is a track on the album called Saturn Return. It's Mm -hmm. a title track. So Saturn Return is an astrological event that happens in your life around 27 to 30 years old. And they say that this time in your life is, you know, where you learn a a lot of hard lessons and you really come into your own for the first time. And so this album kind of explores the trials and tribulations, the wins, the losses, the love um, that I've experienced over the last, I don't know, 10 years. Um, So it's really a snapshot of that. And I'm so proud of this album because Montreal has had a massive influence. Like all of the stories that are told on this album come from here. Um, so it, it, it's a love letter to Montreal and it's a love letter to dance music. Talk to us about the fact that you moved to Toronto. So here's the thing where it's like, it's about Montreal, but I think a lot of the work was done in Toronto, correct? A lot of the work was done here. Here, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Here and in London, I, 
was so I just moved to Toronto because my management was there and because you know the label that I want the labels that I was looking at signing with were there and so I was like I, I need to be in the action but oddly enough as soon as I moved you know the world shut down and I found myself back in Montreal day one with Banks and Ranks starting this album mm-hmm. okay and and do you find that like are you more creative there or here I'm definitely more creative here okay yeah okay and do you still feel like you need to be there in Toronto I feel like you can really be anywhere these days. Like that's the beauty of it all. But I, I definitely miss home and I want to be here as much as possible. And do you think that you're going to have to, because I always like asking Canadian artists and some people make the move and some people don't, but do you think you'll have to make the move to Los Angeles in order to keep the career going in a trajectory that you want? Or do you think you can do it from here? We shall see. I mean, of course you can work from anywhere, but I think it's really important to be on the ground in the markets that you're trying to break. So as much as I'm going to have to spend a lot of time in the U.S., I'm going to have to spend more time in Canada, more time abroad. So I guess it all really just depends. Okay. Now let's discuss the sequencing of the album because first of all, a lot of artists these days don't even release albums. It's like single, 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 single. And so I want to know if you are telling a story and how much you slaved over sequencing the album. That is, I'm so happy you asked this question because I'm an album girl. And like you said, it's so rare in this day and age of like, we're in a singles market our attention spans are a lot shorter than they used to be. Like with streaming, like you can just put on any song that you want. Gone are the days of, you know, popping in a CD and having to skip through all of the tracks to get to your favorite one. Mm-hmm. But since I grew up listening to albums cover to cover, I think it's, I'm just like so honored that I, I'm in this day and age able to do a full length LP. It's 13 tracks. And so it was really important to me to sit with the music and really track list it appropriately. So I sat with it for a very long time and I was very intentional about the order because I think every great album has peaks and valleys and that's an intentional work for sure. Say so you've impressed me even more. I appreciate that. Yeah, because I, I, I really think that people need to understand if they're doing an album, you need to have a plan and it's not just haphazard. Yeah. And it needs to tell a story, even if you're not necessarily trying to tell a big story with being middle and end, but it needs to kind of flow. So I think it's important that you did that. Oh, yeah. Talk to us about um, your use of producers. We obviously know that we you use Banks and Ranks, which is amazing. We love playing them also on Virgin Radio. Um, how did your relationship develop with them? And then I want to know who else you'd like to work with, like who's on your bucket list of producers. That's a great question. Um, so Banks and Ranks and I actually met over Zoom for the first time in the pandemic. And they'd sent me a couple of tr- their tracks and they're like, maybe you can cut some of our tracks. And I sent them some of mine and they said, of course, we'd love to work on yours. And that was maybe in March of 2020 when everything was just shut down, ground zero. Um, And we finally got together in person in Montreal for the first time September of that same year. And from our first session, it was just magnetic. I think that I'm so lucky because I respect them so much as creatives, but also as people. And the stars don't always align like that. And they've really, over the last few years, become like family to me. And I'm just so blessed to just have them as people in my life, but also as frequent collaborators. There's a lot of other great um, producers on this album, like Mike Wise, who's worked, you know, he's done stuff for Britney Spears and Ellie Goulding, Carl Ryden, who's done a lot of great work in the dance space. But if I could collaborate with somebody else, it would be another Montrealer and it would be Keitranada. I knew you were going to say that. I know, because <laughs> I say it every time. If you're watching, please take note. He is so fantastic. It's crazy. And to, to know that he's from here, it's absolutely stunning. And I want to ask you too, your relationship with Banks and Ranks, like, you know how certain artists, like they stick with someone like Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff, like they just keep cranking out hits. Do you feel like 
like like banks and ranks are your Jack Antonoff. They are. Okay. They really are. Okay. Good to know. Uh, writing. Writing obviously is super important to you. I know I read something where you uh, basically said that spilling your guts is your favorite thing to do. It is. And so how important is, is you writing on everything? Extremely. Okay. Extremely. Like I've either written or co-written every, you know, song on the project. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's, it's authenticity is really, really special and it has to come from you. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes like if, I, it doesn't mean if like an amazing song came across my desk that I wouldn't cut it because you know, a great song is a great song and there's other amazing creators in the world. Um, but it's really important to my creative process to be involved and to really be intentional about my narrative and my sound and could you like I know you said that you could record something that came across your desk but it would, would it have to be like a Julia Michaels song like it would have to be a certain writer I don't know if it no because there's so much undiscovered talent out there if TikTok has taught us anything it's just like you know I love TikTok because it really shines a light on people who wouldn't otherwise have a platform to kind of strut their stuff and to, to you know broadcast their art on such a mega level and so i love julia michaels but it wouldn't have to be her it could be somebody living in you know a remote town in i don't know like alberta who's just like hey i wrote this and if it was touching i would i would i would do it other canadian artists that you love and support obviously banks and ranks but who else oh gosh there's so many well my dj friends loud luxury love okay. loud luxury uh, i love devon cole i love neva i think she's fantastic Oh God, Preston, yeah. my, my brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Um, there's so many that I can just, you know. Have you met off. like an Alessia Cara yet? I did briefly actually. Okay. She's so nice. Yeah. I we, we were working at a Planet Studios and she was in a session upstairs and the boys and I were downstairs, Banks and Ranks. And we were outside just taking a little break and she came down and she was like, so sweet. She's like, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I was like, you can interrupt all you want. <laughs> you can absolutely interrupt all you want. You're Grammy award winning, Alessia. Yeah, just, just cash. Yeah. No, yeah, she's yeah. great. And then at the Junos this year, I got to meet a lot of my, you know, childhood idols and other Canadian artists that I really, really respect in the space. What is it like knowing that you are now forever going to be introduced as Juno award winning, you know, Montreal recording artist Rev? Unreal. <laughs> Where is the Juno? I haven't gotten it yet. You haven't gotten it yet? No. Okay, I thought you'd have it like, I don't know, like hanging in sunshine and like. Oh, okay. it, it, when, I, when it arrives, it will be in sunshine or on my mantle. Um, but I have not gotten the physical thing okay. yet. Do you know when you're supposed to get this thing? It's anybody's guess. Okay. All right, let's go Juno Award Committee. Time to get the most, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, when it comes to your stage show, what's the most important thing about creating that for you? I think that it's just, I really, so there's a bit of a backstory to this. I fell in love with dance music for the first time just around the block from where we are today in Montreal at Velvet Nightclub. Mm -hmm. And I remember I'd been to stadium shows. I'd seen a bunch of like smaller club shows, but being in a venue that was, you know, no, like no crazy bells and whistles. Of course, it's a beautiful venue, but like it was just a really good sound system, a really good DJ and a great crowd that night. Mm -hmm. And I'd experienced euphoria and like it was just so transcendent. And I experienced there, it there for the first time. And from that moment, I was probably like 16, 17. And I have just carried that with me throughout all these years. And so I think that I really want that to come through um, in my shows mm -hmm. because it just feels so good. And I really want to hold a safe space for anybody who comes to my shows to just be so authentically themselves, to give them permission to feel, to celebrate the good, the bad, the ugly, the painful, all of the things. 
What do you say to people that might not respect dance music? Because I'm a massive fan of dance music, have been that way forever, and it really drives me bananas when certain genres of music are like, oh, that's all electronic, it's not, like, you don't really feel, it's not emotional. And that really bothers me because I do think like whatever genre you're in, if you're being honest with your lyrics and you're doing what needs to be done for that genre of music, it's amazing whether you're a rock star or a pop star or an EDM star. So what do you say to people that say that EDM and dance music is not worthy? I think that just to, just to do a deep dive, I mean, it's so multifaceted. I think that there's this misconception that it's, you know, electronic music is just, you know, meant for the stage at Tomorrowland and it's all big room, but it's such a versatile genre. And I really cycle through that in the album like you know there's disco there's drum and bass there's trance there's like there's so many things and i i really believe that if you do a deep dive there is something for everyone and of course like a lot of that can also be told through your lyricism and your honesty and mm -hmm. yeah social media you mentioned it uh before i wanted to ask you what's your favorite platform and what's the best part about being able to connect with your fans in this way whereas like years ago it wasn't possible I, well, I think that as much as I'm, it, my TikTok is a work in progress because mm -hmm. uh, I'm a really in the moment person. I just think that it's such a beautiful platform and it's my favorite for the following reason. I think that it's so special because you get to connect with your fans in real time. Like never before have you had the potential to post a video and potentially connect to like millions of people at once and say, hey, do you like this? And then an hour later, have your answer. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Now, uh, we want to do some fast fact questions with you because I think this will be fun for your, uh, for your uh, fans. So if you could switch places with another artist for one day, who would it be and why? Lady Gaga. Tell me why. Absolutely iconic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good answer. I mean, I bet, just imagine. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know. know what's funny is I introduced her, or sorry, interviewed her just before she blew up. And I said to her, I said, what's your goal for the next like uh, six months to a year? And she said, world domination. She did it. She did the thing. Yeah, she did the thing. She did yeah. the thing. Favorite thing about Canada? We're so fortunate here. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I just think that peace and like our laws yeah, that's I mean, true. No, that's it's like, true. It, it's kind of like a basic question, but like there's so much violence and gun violence even just south of the border. And I mm -hmm. think that, I don't know, we're so multicultural. I'm so proud of how multicultural we are as a country. I'm so proud of our laws and the way that we protect people. I mean, we still have a long way to go mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but yeah. yeah. Favorite piece, pizza topping? Prosciutto. Oh, what, really? That's, yeah. No one's ever said that to me before. That's very good. Uh, I know we're out of, out of summer for the most part, but favorite flavor of ice cream? Pistachio. Nice. No one ever says that either. Really? It's nutty. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's very good. That's very good. And uh, favorite board, board game of all time? Oh, my goodness. I just started getting into Catan. Okay. That's cool. And at first I was like, I'm never going to learn how to do this. But now it's really like, it's really, I'm so competitive. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah, it's a thing. Now that the album is out, uh, what are you manifesting for yourself for the next six years? Or six months, I should say, to a year? I'm just connecting with people over like a body of work. It's great to promote a single, but to really be able to, to, to tell a full story. Mm -hmm. So connecting with people. Um, about that and also seeing which tracks are their favorite and why touring like on a much larger scale and like doing a proper headline mm -hmm. uh, so most excited for that and then working on a second album but I'm gonna try and live it like I'm gonna try and live in this you sure as you much should. as I can and message for your hometown Montreal fans I love you. You are at the heart of every single thing that I do and my number one goal is just to make you proud 
You rock. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Make sure you follow Juno award-winning recording artist Rev on all of our social media at RevMTL. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. Super excited to welcome to the Kelly Alexander Show, Canadian R&B soul singer and songwriter Justine Tyrell, who's released a great new song called Radar. It's getting rave reviews right around the country, and we're super excited to welcome her to the show. Justine, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for having me. It feels good. To hang with well, I, I am like a huge fan now that I found out that you exist. So this is great. Thank you. And I actually have questions coming up in a bit with regards to the Canadian R&B scene. So I want to ask you about that. But I want to start. I want people to know like how you got your start in music. Like where did this passion come from? That is such a good question. I so I, I wrote my first song when I was seven, super young. And I think it was just like always music in my household, grew up around it. In terms of how I got my start, I kind of quite literally, I had a clock radio and I was maybe 16, 17. And I burnt it. I burnt a CD to date myself uh, and put it in my clock radio. And it was all instrumentals. And I kid you not, I went like door to door, venue to venue and just sung for them and tried to get gigs. Most of them said no. The first one I landed was a gym grand opening. And he's like, yeah, sure. Go sing in the corner. Like, that's weird, but just whatever. And I just like, from then I never stopped. I've upgraded to a band now. So we're good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, it's just been that thing that I've just always loved and it's always made sense to me. And I, and I suck at everything else. So this had to work. <laughs> that's good that you have a good sense of, of what you suck at and what you don't. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So talk to me about because I'm always in, interested in when I when I speak to an artist, who they listen to growing up, because I always feel and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there's some level of whoever you've listened to has somehow seeped into the sound that you now create. True, yeah. false? Yeah, you're as true as it gets. For me, it was a lot of I had a really eclectic span. So I had so my dad's Jamaican, my mom's Hungarian, born here. And on the Hungarian side of my family, I had like we were listening to the Beatles and the Eagles and Elvis and just all that kind of stuff. And on my dad's side, we had Bob Marley, we had R&B, we had jazz. And so I kind of got a conglomerate somewhere in the middle. But if I had to narrow it down to like my top five, I'd say Amy Winehouse, poster in the back. Uh, Aaliyah was always one of my favorites. Erica Badu, Garth Brooks, if you can believe it. Little nice. Darth Brooks in there. And I would say, oof, probably Alicia Keys. I'd say those were my, my holy grails. You scored extra points by saying Erica Badu. I know a lot of people call her Erica Badu. Oh, no, that's terrible. No, it's not a good no. thing. It's she not a, is, if someone says that to me, I'm like, you're not actually a fan. Yeah. Because you name right, for starters. Have you, have you seen her perform yet live? No, I haven't. Have you? you must. You must. She came to Montreal um, 2008. Uh, that's when I saw her. And funny enough, she was like two or three hours late. I think it was two and a half hours late. And we were yeah. outside. It was May. It was freezing because it was like it was like spring, spring cold. You know what I mean? So like great during the day, but not at night. I couldn't feel my feet from my ankles down because I'd been standing like for so long. And the roots had opened for her and they were oh. they were great. They stayed on and played an extra hour or whatever because she was late. And I was literally about to leave. And they're like, she's here because it was this outdoor venue. And yeah. so I was with my cousin. I'm like, we're going to we're going to watch this. We're going to stay. 
I forgave her in the first three seconds because she just oh. went like she came on stage and her drum kit went boom, boom, boom. She's like Montreal. And I'm like, I love you. And I was like, <laughs> mm. You're like, Erica. I know this is your interview, but I had to tell you that story. I no, I'm glad you did. I feel like I'm like living through you every step of that. I'm picturing it like right down to not feeling my feet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. she was worth the pain. She's worth the pain. So make sure you see her. So now I want you to talk about, so you've told us who uh, you've listened to and including the Garth Brooks. I love that. How do you describe your sound and is it ever evolving at this point or do you have your sound? Yeah, yeah no, it is so accurate to say that it's ever evolving. I think that predominantly I'm definitely R&B. I'm, I'm soul. I, I think I reflect a lot of what I listen to these days, which is a lot of R&B and soul. And that's also the heart of, I think, the, the genre I love the most. But having grown up on a little bit of jazz, a little bit of Amy Winehouse, I think you can hear a, a, an element in my sound that's kind of crosses genres a little bit every now and then. Um, but my sound is definitely ever evolving. I think a year ago, I thought I had it figured out too. And was like, this is who I am as an artist. And now I'm just like, you know what? The whole artist thing is you're just kind of always that moving target. And you just have to make music based on where you're at at that time. So I, I, I feel like I'm R&B, but ever evolving. Short answer. Hanging out with us on the show is Canadian uh, R&B singer, uh, Justine Tyrell. Check out all of her social media handles by hitting up her website, uh, justinetyrell.com. So... Let's talk about Radar, because when I was sent the song, I immediately lost my marbles because it's so chill, but has this amazing melody. And like you're then humming it after the song's over. So tell us how the song came about. Was it easy or challenging to produce and, and record that? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad it made you feel that way. Uh, that song was probably the easiest most organic song that I've done. And it's not always like that. Like that's not me being like songwriting is so easy because it's not. But that song, it, it really started with, I think we went in that day. We wanted to write like kind of a sexy R&B banger. Not what we came out with, obviously with a stripped down piano ballad. But it really started when my piano player, he just, he hit a set of chords and just said, you know, kind of what do you think of this? And we found the right piano sound for it. And I, I feel like the idea just kind of flowed, to be perfectly honest. And usually I'm, I'm a perfectionist to the point where it just feels so frustrating sometimes. But with this song, we were like, you know what? I think we just have to hit record, let it come out, and then let it live like that. So we didn't do a bunch of takes. We didn't splice things up and edit things. We just hit record, did a take, and let that take live, which... The perfectionist in me was dying, but I think hopefully that it captured the most important thing about that song, which was the moment and the emotion. And I've, I've spent many years in my comfort zone, which is performing live. And I felt like for a second, for a second in this weird, weird world, I was able to get that live kind of performance feeling. So yeah, that was a very easy song. I think the one between you and I and anyone listening, the one thing that's kind of kicking me in the butt now is the song starts very abruptly because that's just how we went into it. And so later when it came to like making the music video and sending it out to radio and all of these other logistics I didn't really think about, probably would have been good to put a little intro in there, but that's a learning thing. We've, we've recovered from that. Um, but yeah, it was a really easy, organic, uh, natural 
way that that song came together. Is that why the music video is so organic too? Because like when I was sent the the music video to check out, like it's just, it's simple. It's like you and your piano player. uh, It looks like you're in some kind of like apartment or overlooking the city or something. That's right. Okay. So, so how did that come about? And it just, again, very organic, super chill. Awesome. 100%. And so you're you're right in that it's a residence. It's actually a house from the 1920s that's been semi-restored and some buddies of ours were about to move into it. So they've, they, they, I think they really just brought in enough for like a living room setting. And I just felt like the video had to echo the song and not feel too produced and not feel like contrived or any of that. And for some reason, I was obsessed with tea lights. So I went and hit up the dollar store and bought every tea light in existence. And I wanted I wanted that song to feel like you were almost, how do I explain it? If you were in the house, like maybe you were in a different part of the house and you heard music downstairs, for example, and you come down the stairs and you kind of peek in the room and you see this moment in progress. So things like the footsteps starting off the video, that was all really intentional and capturing that and putting that into the audio. Um, But yeah, I I really wanted this song to just, or the video rather, to just echo the song, be simple, easy, organic, you know, something that you can just watch and be like, I felt that. I felt that. That's awesome. Well, you did a great job. And and here's a question for you. Yeah. Which person, either on the list that you just told me about that you love listening to growing up or someone else, who would you love to listen to your song Radar? like to, to listen to it? Like who, like who would b- blow your mind if, you, if they listened to that track of yours? Oh, that is a question and a half. Okay, so I'm going to go with someone who wasn't on that list because I realized I also cryptically named a lot of people who were departed. So I'll go with someone who's still with us. <laughs> I think Drake, honestly, is one of, I just find him such a creative genius and he is such a great example of one of those artists who's always evolving and i think if he listened to radar that's it like that's it he'd probably get a tattoo on on his body just like he did for charday you know what i mean I, you get like a just i would offer to design it for him i would drive him to the tattoo <laughs> like whatever my guy needs i'm there i'm there nice so I'm, I'm glad you brought up Drake, especially because he's Canadian boy. And I wanted to get your take on the Canadian R&B scene, because obviously we have The Weeknd. We have Drake. You know, we have Bieber, um, yeah. who are, you know, obviously Bieber's pop, too, but like very R&B f- flavored as well. Um, these are the ones who have made it big internationally. Yeah. When it comes to the Canadian R&B scene, do you feel as a Canadian R&B artist that you are supported enough? And do you think you need more? Do you think as a whole there needs to be some more support? That's a really good question because I think that previously I didn't really feel like there was a ton of support or attention to the Canadian R&B scene. Now I do feel like that's changing. You've listed obviously amazing, huge artists to come out of Canada. The one thing that I do feel is that a lot of great Canadian artists and R&B artists are attributed to the Toronto area. And you hear a lot about Toronto being that hub, right? Where those artists come from. Whereas where I live, I'm out in Calgary, Alberta, and I think we're known a lot for country music, and indie music, and folk music, which we do brilliantly. But there's such 
an incredible R&B soul scene here that gets slept on, to be totally real with you. And so I think Canada is getting the support for R&B artists, but I would love to see that reflect out here and see that in Alberta a little bit more and have people realize that we have world-class acts that come out of this city. We just need a little bit of that attention and not even just artists, but producers, like my whole production team. And I can work with people remotely. They're all Calgarians, all of them, you know, Mark, team all Calgarians so yeah I mean it's supported but but we're a little slept on out here and I'd, I'd love to okay. see that good to know change. good to know yeah yeah I, yeah. I want to get the word out because I just think that like Canada has such a great scene not only from Toronto and that there needs to be more love like across especially like like I'm white farm girl who loves R&B yeah. you know what I mean like that's my yeah. jam so I love that. So I, love I just always want the artists to do, be doing the best that they can and, and feel the support that they need. And speaking of all of this and yeah. Canadian in general, do you mm-hmm. feel like you might have to pull a Deborah Cox like she did 20 years ago and move to the States? I'm happy you ask that because I toy with that a lot. Um, short answer is no. I think that I at least not now. I I love the States. So before COVID, we were actually going out to New York and Brooklyn and starting to perform more out there. Um, and, And I love it. It's such an amazing scene out there, but I don't feel like I have to move to those places in order to have success in my career and have things blow up. I think that when you have momentum, obviously you go where the work is and the work might be in Toronto, it might be in New York or LA, but I don't really think you have to up and leave. I think there is something to also building this scene here and i think just like how we reference toronto and we reference artists that have come out of here if we've got more artists coming out of alberta and canada in general then it makes us a little bit more of a hub for music so i mean eventually yes i will travel and I, i'll continue to work down there because i do love the states and i love the music scene in the states but i don't think that you have to up and move in order to make it happen I say this now, watch me like next week. I'm texting him like, so Kelly, I just moved to LA. I'm not missing you, girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I have so many people that are that have either pulled that, like, like you know, um, uh, the, the boys from Loud Luxury, like they're in LA now. Um, I yeah. just did an interview with an amazing uh, Toronto DJ, uh, DLMT. He's, mm-hmm. he's actually in Montreal. He moved from Toronto to Montreal, which I was thrilled about. And then he's like, ah, yeah. but I'm moving to LA this summer. I'm like, no. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, it makes sense because obviously a lot of, you, you do have to go where the work is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that if, if you have the idea that you have to move in order to, to make it or to be noticed, I don't think that's true. But if, if your career takes you there, I'll, I'm also not hating. If I'm there yeah. in a little bit, remember this moment and remember this moment. <laughs> <laughs> So now moving forward, um, do you like, are there specific goals for Justine Tyrell that you want to accomplish this year? Yes. Yes. So putting out my EP, it'll be my debut EP. That is something that's been a long time in the making. So that's a huge one. Um, There is, and it's a very specific, specific niche goal that I have with this next one. There is a performance-based show or um, YouTube series or whatever it is, but it's called Colors Studio. It was formerly Colors of Berlin. You might've heard of it. And I've discovered some of my favorite artists off of that. And just the platform is so huge. Who they choose is so wonderful. And so a little secret goal of mine is to make this the year that I, that I land my spot on that. Good. On Good that you. Well, let's yeah. put that into the universe. We're putting that into the universe. And we're going to throw a Drake collab out there. I'm just saying, since we're putting things in the universe. Boom, let's do it. Now, uh, if you could switch places with another artist for one day, who would it be and why? 
Oh, wow. Okay. The weekend, because he is riding that Super Bowl high right now. So give it. I want it. Got it. it. Got it. Okay. What is your favorite activity away from your music career that you do to chill out and relax and enjoy life? That's a good one. Um, Sketching. I don't do it enough, but I love it. I love sketching. I used to paint and all that stuff a lot when I was younger, but I'd say, yeah, sketching is that kind of unwind thing for me. That's cool. Now, um, if you could, or I should say, what song on pop or R&B radio in the last 12 months do you wish you had written? Damn you, Shawn Mendes and the (laughs) Beats with Monster. Come on. That is such a great song. I know it's not necessarily like R&B and not necessarily the stuff that I am known for doing, but that song, there's just something melodically, the key that it's in, like, oh, it gives me the feels. I am so jelly of that song. I know what's crazy too, is it's actually, if you read the lyric, like if you, if you let the lyrics sit with you, they're very simple. They really are. They're very simple, but like, but say a lot, you know what I mean? That's right. Very good. Um, which artist or producer would you love to collaborate with? Drake all day. <laughs> I have it. I mean, I don't know if now's the time, but I have a Drake story. So tell me the Drake story. Okay. So long story short, um, before he like fully, fully blew up, he was in Calgary and he was playing a smaller venue. I was dating this guy at the time who was not a vibe. Uh, anyways, so the guy I was dating, like put me on his shoulders and Drake's like doing his thing. And then he's like, Whoa, 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 hold, hold up. And he's like, is that your boyfriend? And I'm like on this guy's shoulders and I hate him. But I was like, uh-huh. And in front of the whole crowd, he goes, you can do better. And I was like, oh, and everyone went crazy. So I'm like, you know what? If he could find me once to diss my boyfriend, he can find me again to do a damn track. Nice, That's nice. <laughs> universe, putting in the universe. Come on, come um, on. And I'm always interested to ask this question. Yes. So apart from your family and friends, who is the coolest person in your phone that you can reach out to? Ooh. Oh my gosh. I was not ready for that one. Okay. Well, this person, I mean, they kind of double as a friend, but so it's like cheating a little bit, but Jocelyn Alice is such a wonderful, talented Canadian artist that we are so lucky to have. And I think that like the friendship aside, it is so cool to have another artist friend that I look up to. And she's always just so willing to help. And she has the coolest ideas and, I love her. So I'm going to say Jocelyn Alice. I agree with you. I agree with you. She's hot. I love that girl. And uh, before I let you go, what do you want people who don't know Justine Tyrell to know about Justine Tyrell? Oh man, that's a really good question. I, okay. I'm going to go with my gut on this. It was going to be like talking about my music and stuff, but I think that more than anything, it is that I am someone that is a perfectionist. I have crippling self-doubt so many days. I have questioned myself and if I can do this and I've been hard on myself and yeah, it's just, I want people to know that I'm a human. And if some days you feel like crap and you're struggling in whatever your journey is too, that I get it. And uh, I'm always on social media. So if you want to talk about it, please do. But I am a, I am a work in progress. Let's say that. Awesome. Well, that's beautiful. And thank you so much for hanging out and you are welcome back anytime. Hey, I will take you up on that. You're the best. Thank you so much, Kelly. That is uh, Canadian R&B soul singer, Justine Tyrell. Hit up her website, justinetyrell.com for all of her social media handles. The Kelly Alexander Show.
There you have it. Another episode of The Kelly Alexander Show. And thank you so much again for celebrating the 14th anniversary with us. We really appreciate you listening to the show week in and week out. I also want to thank our guests this week, Montreal artist Rev and Calgary-based R&B artist Justine Tyrell. My thanks, of course, to our super producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job. And don't forget that you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. And of course, grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a great week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.